Welcome to the School of Higher Consciousness. I am your host, Dr. Gina, and in this school, we will be exploring the parts of life we didn't learn in actual school. The stuff that matters, the stuff that helps you heal and live a more dropped in, vulnerable, and authentic life. I invite that higher version of you to join me in this podcast as we demystify and normalize truths in our world that often live in the shadow. All right, let's do this. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode on the School of Higher Consciousness. My name is Dr. Gina. For those of you who've never joined us before, thank you so, so much for being here. And for everyone listening today, I am going to share with you four main benefits that you receive when you attend and participate in any retreat. Literally, it could be a fishing retreat, a cooking retreat, a healing retreat. It really doesn't matter. Yes, you're going to probably get a more intense learning of some of these lessons or these side effects and benefits if it is more geared towards some inner work or healing. But either way, you will still be receiving the benefits because when you bring people together in an intentional way, meaningful way, and people are all wanting to be there, you're amplifying this energy. It's contained. And people just start doing almost like magical things. If you're at a fishing retreat, trust me, if you put 10 hours in fishing at a retreat versus 10 hours on your own, I guarantee you're going to have some revelations at the retreat when you're surrounded by these people who also like to fish and are learning new things than if you are sitting alone on a dock. There's just something quite magical about that. And I, I will speak to that a little bit here in today's episode. So I got interested in retreats when I attended my first retreat about 10 years ago. I went to a yoga retreat and I was not ready to do any like poking and prying at like my deepest core wounds at the time. I didn't even know what they were. But all I know is I was doing yoga two times a day and doing some optional classes that they had offered. And again, they weren't like super in-depth. But it was just this environment that allowed for me to kind of start remembering parts about myself again, doing some uncovering and healing. And there was just so many revelations in that week that I was able to take with me when I came home. So yes, Some of the downsides of going to retreats are that there's this intensity that you experience and it feels, you know, pretty good when you're there. But when you go home, you're not always able to translate all of that joy and beauty. I mean, some people can and, you know, I'll work on that continually, but I'm not always able to bring, you know, all of that stuff home with me. It's more of a remembering and an intentional practice of bringing in some of the aha moments that I had when I'm on retreat. And again, I'll be talking about that here too. But um, I just wanted to share with you kind of my introduction, how I got interested into retreats. And ever since then, I've always seen myself as someone who has been interested in eventually like facilitating, bringing people together. I really love that feeling, even when I'm not like the one sharing or participating. I just like being in that environment. They say that when you are in those types of, I guess I'll say use the word environment again, other people are learning like almost by osmosis, like diffusion. You're just in the energy. So it's being absorbed in you also. 
which I think is really, really cool. So I'm just in the phase of learning more and more about retreats and learning from people who already facilitate them, such as the woman who will be on my podcast next week, Anna Prieto, who facilitates her own transformational weekends, retreats for businesses, for small groups. She uses cold immersion, some breath work, some childhood like accessing of inner child, and then also does like smashing. I forget exactly what she calls it, but it's like getting your anger out. It sounds super cool. So definitely tune in next week to hear more about her work specifically and what she does. I've actually been thinking about bringing her up to Minneapolis, but okay, I digress. So In my interest of learning more and more about retreats and hopefully with a future in facilitating some of them, I've come up with four main benefits that you receive when you attend any retreat. All of these four are parts of our lives that we can access in our everyday daily life, but it's just not easy to do it. So the first one is community. We get to benefit from getting outside of our day-to-day close contacts, our family, our siblings, our parents, our close friends, and truly immersing ourselves kind of naked into a group of people where immediately you bring your ego to the table and then it slowly dissolves because usually just spending that amount of close intimate time with people Uh, shifts the way that you armor yourself up, whether you want to or not. It's just so natural. The second uh, benefit is vulnerability. So the first one's community. Second one's vulnerability. Really the ability for ourselves to show ourselves to be also not just be seen, but to see others and for to allow others to see us and for us to see others. There becomes safety and intimacy in that environment. The third benefit is we get to practice a lot of traditions or rituals. So again, let's use fishing. So clearly, if you're at like a meditation retreat, there's specific rituals that most of us are associating with the term ritual right now with meditation. And you're like, well, what are those rituals with fishing? Well, it's pretty much just like the procedures and the practices and you're learning other people's ways of doing certain things. I don't know. I'm not a fisher person to the degree that I'm acting like I am, but um, hopefully you get my drift. And within that ritual and tradition is also where I will say like that shared intention and purpose where that lies. And then the last benefit is the fact that when we're in these spaces, we're almost forced to increase our consciousness. So definitely bringing it back here to the title here, the school of higher consciousness, but we are increasing our consciousness level when your mask, your ego is lowered and people start to interact with you at a more authentic level. And it seems like in those spaces, especially the ones that I've been in, people are ch- almost challenging or seeing you in a, at your higher self. So they see you at your potential. They see you um, as, you know, maybe more of where God would see you rather than what your patterns are and who you are in the city or the community. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit further into one of each of those points 
And then I'm going to finish it up by talking about if you haven't attended a retreat and you are interested in exploring one or two maybe, um, what you should look for when you are in the search of finding a retreat. Okay, so now I'm going to expand on each of those four benefits and we'll start with community. I know I rambled on a little bit about this, but here we go. So think of the people you interact with on a daily basis, your family, your siblings, your parents, your close friends. And then I want you to think about how, what those conversations are like. And are those people really reinforcing patterns that have been there for a really long time that are part of more of your ego self? Or are they actually holding your higher self in mind when they interact with you? I know I have a couple friends who really do hold me to my higher self standard, so I'm not saying you won't, but I bet most of you, you know, are in our own little matrix. And I think that's super normal, which is one of the benefits of attending a retreat. You immerse yourself and come together with people that you just typically don't always connect with. And you start to open up and share more about who you are with each other. You don't know their past. You don't have these preconceived ideas and judgments in your mind about who these people are. And it's kind of amazing because you begin to bond on a deeper level, again, beyond your first impressions. We all have those judgments. We all have those first impressions. And so no matter how evolved we are, we just do have these judgments and when you spend more time with these essentially strangers, these judgments and impressions begin to soften in these settings. And I think the more you experience those kinds of uh, experiences, you can bring that into your daily life. You can go back into your matrix and you're going to be like, oh, have a slightly different awareness the way you're looking at people in your lives. And you know, maybe some of that judgment will just continue to soften and you see it more from an observation angle than you are like from this egoic standpoint. And so many articles just alluded to that same concept. There's something about mixing up community that really enhances the way we see each other and ourselves reflected back. And I'll also say that you stop thinking about the other people and you really begin to feel them. They begin to feel you, and there's this level of seeing each other that starts to take place. So feeling seen is a core need of humans, and community that is brought together in retreat centers really meets that need. So to be seen for who we actually are, not the character, you know, busy trying to get things done sort of a person, but who we are. So this begins to breed understanding and compassion. And so the once strangers that we came in with can often become more known to you on a deeper level than people you interact with on a more frequent basis. It's really quite healing and incredibly empowering. I know I feel like I have a deeper core connection to some people I met on a retreat and I only spent seven days with compared to some people who I see consistently and interact with them consistently. Okay, so there's definitely more to just putting randos together in a room and saying, hey, you're on a retreat and you're going to get close now (laughs) because that's not how it works, right? If that was the case, everyone at the DMV would be best friends and it just doesn't work like that. So 
the facilitator, the activities director, whatever, usually has well-intended or thought-out activities. And if you're at a yoga retreat just doing yoga twice a day, that might be what it is. So it's the safety that is created in this container where you're seeing the same faces, you're all doing similar things, or if not the same activities, that there's just some letting down go of like any armor or the guards and people just start sharing with each other either by designed activities where it's about doing some deeper healing or just simply you find yourself sharing parts of yourself with other people because you're in this safe space. So the retreat in itself is designed to create safety and there's vulnerability in that and often quite a bit of intimacy that is formed between people who attend retreats. Okay, so there's not too much to say more on vulnerability besides me repeating myself. I think you get it by now. The next benefit that I had mentioned is ritual and tradition. And really what I mean by that is intention and shared purpose. Because if I say, what do you think of when you hear the word ritual and tradition? You're probably thinking of holidays or religion in some way or shape or form. And maybe you're not, but I'm going to kind of pivot here and use the words intention and shared purpose, which maybe is what I should have said the benefit was in the first place. But uh I think that it all kind of goes hand in hand. So when you go to, let's say, a couple's retreat there and it's about like conflict resolution, I don't know, let's just say that the intention you put forth in each of your sessions, your group sessions, whatever they are, is needs to be in alignment, right? If one person comes in and is working on how to argue and the other person's coming in on how to be... Um, how to have conflict resolution, well, there's a mismatch. And I can say that retreats, when you're at a retreat, you have that shared vision, that shared goal, that shared intention. And so with that shared intention and purpose, people are existing and bringing their energy to a place that's only amplifying the energy that once started it, right? One ant versus 50 ants has a different effect. So we bring our little electro or big electromagnetic fields and then we all combine them, right? And it's just like this amplified energy, especially when you're doing healing retreats. That's why I think it is just like a really transformational, I don't know what word I just used, transformative, there we go, transformative uh, time to share with a group of people. And then this last benefit is one that I am infusing into this list on my own because the other ones had come up in a variety of different articles. But this fourth one that I'm saying is the ability to access higher consciousness, states of higher consciousness. And what I mean by that is if you've ever been to a retreat of any kind, you've probably left feeling more connected to yourself, to others, and genuinely more connected to life in general. And if you remember what higher consciousness is all about, it's about accessing this realm, these realms of emotions, these realms of vibration that are connected to empathy, connection, non-judgment. We've dissolved our ego and we're 
I almost see it like you're floating, but you're grounded at the same time. And it feels so life-giving in such a different way than adrenaline feels. So like adrenaline can feel so much more of like a, a high and a crash or an exhaustion where the higher consciousness is, I wish I could describe it besides life-giving, but it just feels like everything is open. Like the front of my body, all of my energy centers on the front of my body are like softened. There's nothing needing to protect itself from anything. I mean, that might be a stretch. I'm sure that it's going in and out of that, but it's just softer overall. And there was this quote that I saw from an article talking about retreats, and they didn't use the word higher consciousness, but it's, it is higher consciousness. So they said that when we go into these retreats, we all look very different from one another. But after the shared experience, the deeper parts of us emerge and we connect to the oneness that we share with one another. At a core level, we learn we are essentially the same, all members of one human race. There is no separation except the separation we create in our minds because of our attachment to fear. And I think that rounds out higher consciousness really well. It just doesn't say like, oh, and you're in higher stage of consciousness. It's just what that they had said in that article is that in itself. And hopefully I can link what article I got that from. I hate to just take people's things, but that one's not mine. And <laughs> they wrote it really well. All right, so hopefully you get a pretty good idea of some benefits that you gain from attending retreat of almost any kind. All right, so let's talk about what the dangers could be in attending retreats. So if you've never been to a retreat, but you're like, hey, I think I'm ready to go. I would love to find one that fits me. And you're looking around online, you're talking to people. My number one piece of advice is who is recommending this retreat to you? And why? Like, do they have something in it or for you? Or is it truly because they see you? Do you think that they know you on a deeper level when they're recommending this retreat? Or is this just a fit for them? Right? And then if you realize, no, they're actually a really good friend. They're thinking of me. Then go to the facilitator, like the website, read about them, maybe even call them up and just chat. Do you vibe the facilitator? And I'll say, enough. Because if you're getting this gut-wrenching no feeling when you're looking at the facilitator's picture and you've now chatted with them and you're still kind of feeling that, that's a no. Do not convince yourself otherwise. (laughs) There's something just not jiving there. But if you're feeling a little bit of gut no and excitement at the same time, that is not a no in my book. That's a, I have some fear And I need to get through it. And I think this could be really good for me. So that's kind of a yes for me. When I say kind of, it is a yes for me. Okay, the other thing I want to say is I trust like 95% of retreats out there. I don't think they're for me, all 95%. But there's that 5% out there that is really strange. That's like culty and weird. We see the documentaries about them all the time. So 
definitely if you think something's a yes and then all of a sudden you're like signing up for having to spend millions of dollars or like you have to send me a naked photo to do like just weird stuff then that's obviously something that like is a no but you're already in that situation just I give you permission just because I have to do this to protect everybody um you just decide how far you go with anything you're sharing and your participation and you always need to trust yourself Yes, there's a difference between trusting your triggers and trusting like a gut, gut no. So learning to decipher that is key definitely in like all of life. And the last thing I want to mention in regards to what is the danger of a retreat, this isn't like dangerous, but it can be a little disappointing to some people when they have to leave and assimilate back into the real world. That probably seems a little self-explanatory. Like, yeah, of course, you leave this like fun or a good event. But the thing that's different about retreats is a lot of the times people truly feel those transformations and those shifts in those moments. And it can be a little jarring to go back to your old patterns, your old life, right? The matrix that you live in and nothing else around you has changed, just you. And that can be hard to maintain that growth or those shifts that you really enjoyed feeling in those moments. So what I say to that is just prepare for it and know that your efforts and the benefits of the retreat are still with you. They just might not be as intense. And it's, you know, another level of work that you might have to do in terms of bringing those memories and the emotions and just some of those shifts that you learned how to do um, when in the retreats, how to do those in like real life, which is really the real work. But at least you learn how to do it. You know, that's kind of my thoughts about it. All right, so that finishes up today's episode. I hope you tune in next week to hear from a facilitator herself, Anna Prieto. She shares about transformation and breath work, and she teaches us a little bit of breath work too. I really love her. I hope you do too, and I will talk with you next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope the School of Higher Consciousness helps fan that flame inside, bringing you closer in alignment to self. If you enjoyed this podcast or got you thinking a little differently, I would love if you reviewed the podcast or shared it with a friend. Any support helps right now as I journey into this newfound platform of podcasting and obviously giving it a five stars. I wish you ease and joy as you move through your day.